What's up my fellow scrappy looking nerfers and welcome to the Carbonite chat. I'm just going to be quick and to the point. Uh, I'm not probably going to be quick. This is just going to be a rant. If you clicked on this you saw the title. Um, I absolutely hate and despise The Last Jedi. I've, I've given it time. I've discussed it with multiple people. I've seen it multiple times. I went to the premiere at 7 o'clock on Thursday and then get right back in line and watch it again at 10 o'clock. Uh, almost didn't watch it. <laughs> again at 10 o'clock but I want to take notes which I'll be looking at those because I wanted to be able to go point by point and not just look like some angry fan hating on the problem was this is just it was an excess of comical childishness that belonged I, I would have thought it was absurd if it was in the television show Rebels on Disney XD and that's not what this is Star Wars this is Empire Strikes Back this is uh, a new hope <clears throat> this is yeah, you can say it's for kids, but this is largely for adults. The humor, you have little humor here and there that, yeah, it can be kind of for the kids, but really that's not even the case if you look at A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. There's a few cheesy things here and there, but that's not what Star Wars is. Star Wars is cheesy, but you got to keep it toned on. But this was cheesy moment after cheesy moment after cheesy moment. And it did two of the worst things ever. The biggest problem with this is it would build an interesting storyline. It would create something where there'd be this dark moment, something coming, and you would kind of get into the drama of what's going on, and this cutaway gag, oh, ha, 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 man, that's great. And then try, you're killing the drama. I don't care. And then the second one, that's another thing that just doesn't make you care, is that throughout the entire time, there's all these ex machinas. Oh, your your hero's about to die. Oh, oh no, they're okay. Oh, your hero's about to die. Oh, nope, they're okay. It did it with everything. The whole thing was a fake drama, which makes the end, and there's spoilers throughout this thing, literally about to go through every little scene in the entire movie, and it just, it just, the very end, spoiler again, because uh, I don't want to spoil it for people. If the people I watched it with the second time, I pretended like I loved the movie because I wanted them to have a shot to like the movie. And they actually did. They said they thought it was funny. One of them cried multiple times. I think that's insane. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. But you're laughing through it. It's not a comedy. This isn't Kevin Hart's Star Wars. It almost ruined Star Wars forever for me. I'll probably put this in the little subtext tag underneath Why the Last Jedi Sucks, which is going to be my title. Please, Star Wars, fire Ryan Johnson. There is no Jar Jar in this movie, but the movie itself is Jar Jar. One of the earliest scenes, you have a character walking around, kind of stumbling around with this water suit in his underwear, and water's just kind of shooting out everywhere, and it's like, oh, oh, what you doing? What's happening? It's, it's so stupid. It's absolutely absurdly stupid. And of course, that happens right after a really intense dramatic moment that right after it, the character's going to be crying and bawling about it. And I'm supposed to care about that character being sad, but you've already told me that the movie doesn't take it seriously because you threw in a stupid joke about some guy stumbling around half naked that just fell out of a bed with water shooting out. And then, to, to finish my point that I've got off again, I said this is a rant. Um, you fake the deaths on so many times, you're in moment. This is huge, like, oh no, when you start firing off a bunch of what, uh, shots from hey, those ATM-6s and Luke's sitting right there, I'm not thinking Luke's going to die. I know he's not. 
And then when Kylo goes and lo looks like he cuts him in half, I didn't even flinch. I didn't go, oh no, we just lost Luke Skywalker to Kylo Ren. He killed another one. Are you kidding me? No, I was just like, oh, oh, what's going to happen here? Oh, of course, he's not even wounded. And it was actually a pretty brilliant thing. I like that. That's one of the things I like. The problem is, is you ruined it from the whole movie. Because at that point, I was like, oh, it's just another cheesy little plot device you use to make us think our guy's going to die. But he doesn't. And it was so bad, I'm, I'm so happy the second time I watched it. One person laughed out loud at that moment. Laughed out loud. You have Luke Skywalker finally fighting with the original lightsaber. And someone's laughing about it. That's what you did, Ryan Johnson. And so it starts off, one, it was so great to have the crawl. So the, mo the music, it was just like, finally, you know, there was none of that stuff for Rogue One. And so it was very nice to get back into it. The pan down and just kind of the way it shot through the ships. I didn't really like that. Uh, but again, that's nitpicky personal. This is not what's making me hate the movie by any stretch of the imagination. Goes down quick chat. Pops up. And this is where it begins. Uh, Poe Dameron. I want to like him. I love Oscar Isaacs. I think he is a phenomenal actor. Uh his humor is not this humor of Star Wars. This one starts out with a your mom joke. A your mama joke. This is a galaxy far, far away. Why in the world are you making a your mom joke? What? What? Even the little talking part before, I was kind of like, yeah, this is cheesy. This is kind of dumb. Uh, I love Donald, Donald Gleason, but he was overacting in this one. Um, people didn't like his speech in Force Awakens. I, I, I liked that. It was very much a Hitler-y, Nazi propaganda speech, but I, I enjoyed it. And maybe it was the music going on in the uh, right after it and what was... Anyways, I thought he was overacting. But the biggest issue is, okay, you want to play that thing because he's trying to waste time so that he can set up to be able to shoot onto the Mantador 4, which is this huge dreadnought. And then there's a battle going on. It's a pretty cool little space battle. But again, it's just one character, Poe Dameron, doing basically absurd things. It's just, how am I ever supposed to fear for Poe Dameron as a character in space battling if you're showing me that he's, he took on a dreadnought by himself? Then after he took on the Dreadnought, he took on a whole bunch of TIE Fighters all by himself. This is, you know, the prequel issue that with Anakin Skywalker's from the very beginning. He was the chosen one. He had the highest midichlorian count of all time. He had the fastest reflexes. He's the only uh, human that's ever been able to do pod racing. Oh, he's got the miraculous birth. He's Jesus. Like, it's just like, oh, boom, 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 boom. Like, okay, so this, this person can't be beat. So don't ever try to make it seem like he might die in any of these scenes because I'm never going to buy it. And then again, just stupid, stupid jokes. Like that shows you're just trying to force jokes. As long as this is going on, Princess Leia looks over at C-3PO and goes, C-3PO, wipe that nervous face off. What? What? His face is I get that's the point of the joke is that his face doesn't change. Why are you making that joke, Ryan Johnson? Why? Are you five and a half? Are you five? I thought you were a mature a girl, adult. 
director. But no. Wipe that nervous face off, C-3PO. It was like even C-3PO. It was like the character was even like, uh, 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 okay, um, uh, did someone tell her that I don't have, I can't change my face? Someone tell the director. This is stupid. Why didn't he have C-3PO making nervous little comments about we're all going to die, oh my god, you know, kind of thing, which is a C-3PO kind of thing. And then Princess Leia, the hard, just stoic kind of character, kind of just like, shut up C-3PO, stop being so nervous. Like, make some, uh, make some joke along the, okay, I get, <laughs> yeah, I see that happening. That's a little light humor to throw in. That doesn't really change the, t you know, talk about, have the people talking around about how dangerous it is, building the tension. Then we have some of the ex machina stuff. Okay, so first off, a lot of this is nothing happening, pretending to be stuff happening. So the bombers show up and they're going to fly over the dreadnought and drop the bombs down and destroy the dreadnought. And then someone drops something and all of a sudden each ship blows up because debris flies into it and blows it. Is it really? You didn't build this smart enough with a ship that's just holding a huge amount of bombs that are supposed to be dropped on people. You didn't say, you know what, let's build the sides really strong so in a battle where stuff will be flying debris everywhere, that debris can't just fly through it and then it blows up and then they all are destroyed immediately. I mean, it just seems logical. It just seems logical, but yet here's another thing where nothing's happening, but we chose visual shots over anything to do with actual story or anything going on. No, nothing, nothing's happening here. It's a shot. It's a shot so we can see a disintegrating ship. And then one character survives. Of course it does. One character survives in the moment. Of course, there's a countdown to they're going to shoot Leia's ship. You know, oh no, there's 10 seconds. Someone hurry up. What are we going to do? <clears throat> she goes to get the thing and she falls down and she's kicking it. She's trying to get the thing knocked down. And I actually like this because I, I, I believe, headcanon here, because it mentions in, I believe it was Bloodline, maybe Aftermath, the third book, uh, Empire's End, where it shows that Princess Leia has, she can sense the battle going around her. She has that force ability. I can't think of the name of the force ability. It's like that she can sense that this is going on and she kind of, through the force, gives some of the her strength through the force to this character that then allows her the ability to kick it so that the thing falls down. There's a lot of emotion. You've overusing slow motion, which Ryan Johnson uses throughout this, the entire movie. Why can't you? You're over. You're overdoing it to begin with. Everyone's already died. You're you're doing the slow motion crap. You already did the slow like kicking the thing. Like, will it fall down? You've got a countdown going on. Can't it just be enough for it to fall to her and then yes, hit the button? But no, you got to do this thing where it flies past her. And as it flies past her, she's completely like this. And it goes past her. And then you go, and it's this. It's the beginning of the, the crap fest of, oh, no. Oh, our character just didn't quite make it. What a terrible thing. And then flash to Ex Machina grab, where she rolled completely over and is able to grab the thing. Again... <laughs> One, you basically pulled the ending of most crap movies and you put it at the very beginning. And it was saying, you know what, guys? 
I'm not just going to crap on this movie. I'm going to crap on this movie multiple times. Welcome to 10 Minutes In. Mom jokes, crap fest, stupid C-3PO stuff. Hey, look at the droids. We're going to cut from action and intense moments the whole time. To It was like a mini version, a better mini version, of what the whole crap fest movie was going to be. So then intense, she, she dies in this. The fleet barely survives. It's, an, it's this intense intro to draw you into the movie so that then the story part of the movie can go on and you're so drawn in because of the intensity of the opening scene. And now back to Finn. All this happens, what happens, it pops to Finn. Oh man, yeah, let's see what's going on with Finn. Oh, he wakes up. Oh man, okay, here's that thing. We know from the trailer that he's going to go and be like, where's Ray? Oh, I bet he just jumps up and he's ready to push this story forward. Okay, good. Here we go. We got some stupid jokes out of the way. We were kind of catch. Ryan Johnson was catching his footing. Let's go ahead and let's get on it. Oh no, he falls out of the bed. Oh, here comes BB-8. Oh, Finn naked water suit. Poe Dameron. Oh, is your chip broken? Oh, and nope, here he is stumbling around with water shooting out of it. <sighs> Why? Why Why did you need that? Viewers, tell me down below. Did you prefer the stupid Jar Jar Binks humor of him falling out of the bed after an intense war moment that right after that, I may have said this earlier, I don't know. Right after that, you show the same, Finn's going to meet this the girl, the sister of the pilot that died, bawling her eyes out because her sister just died. And I'm supposed to care about that. I wanted to care about that. But the movie just told me it doesn't matter. Because right before that, when she's over there, she just died and gave her life and they literally just got back on the ship. It's, oh, humor and jokes. Humor and jokes. Nothing serious here. Oh my God. Then we go, shoot, where's Ray? And it shows Ray walking up. Okay, here's the moment. Now we're going to get serious. You build an entire movie leading us to this. Force Awakens, the whole thing. The quintessential like, ah, uh, moment was the end when you finally saw Luke Skywalker. The very opening crawl told us the whole thing was about to get to Luke Skywalker. Let's see what happens. She hands him the lightsaber. Man, what's he going to say? Poop. Tosses the lightsaber and walks off. What? Are you kidding me? It was essentially Ryan Johnson saying, Here, here's my thoughts about the Star Wars fans and Star Wars as a whole. We're going to give you something really important. This is a huge moment. I can't watch Force Awakens now because I know when it gets to that scene and I see this, I know that crap's going to happen next. And that jumps into the next thing of Ryan Johnson's obsession. He created a character called the Porgs. I, I'm not a hater on the Porgs. I, I kind of am. But I'm not a really hater. The problem is just how Ryan Johnson uses them. You can have a cute animal in there. Cool, I get it. You're trying to sell toys. It's a cute little animal. It's got some funny moments. The one little scene that's in the trailers where they're flying and Chewie, you know, growls and then the Porg does his little growl thing. Okay, cool. There's something for the kids to like. I'm going to jump forward with this comment. But what you don't do is when you're running away in the Millennium Falcon in the final battle scene on Crate, you're trying to get away from multiple TIE fighters and you make a turn and then a Porg flies into a window. That's stupid. Absolutely, utterly stupid. And then 
just to prove that it's not enough for Ryan Johnson to screw you over this entire movie by killing intense moment by killing intense moment for stupid childish joke. He does it again in the same scene. Like 10 seconds later, the freaking ship's flying around more. And, oh, here's the porg. And, oh, Chewie's going to knock him down. Ha, 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 ha. Isn't this funny? Isn't this great humor? Ha, 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 Enjoy this. It's stupid. It's an intense battle. The destruction of the resistance. Everyone may die is what you're trying to tell me in storyline that I should be thinking about. That I should be worried about what's going on. Yet you're going to throw stupid childish humor. Again, if you want to throw humor in beforehand, throw humor in beforehand. But now you're sitting here doing this crap with stupid childish jokes in an intense battle scene where you have Chewbacca, one of the few remaining original characters still alive. You have Rey, who I'm supposed to believe in, that I'm supposed to love, your main character going on. They could die. If they don't survive, who's going to rescue the rest of the Resistance? Because that's the only ship that can fly off planet, really, at this point. That might be able to get away. It's what they actually fly away on. Why in the world, then, are you trying to tell me not to be afraid because you're making little jokes? Let's see Luke Skywalker. We didn't get to see Luke Skywalker for Force Awakens. Let's see his daily routine. What's our hero doing? <clears throat> Oh, he's stumbling around the planet. Let's walk over to this sea cow thing and let's milk it. Let's milk the sea cow and then drink it. Why? Why was that there? Give me one reason why that needed to be in the movie. It didn't. It didn't. And again, that's some of the stuff that's just really, really bad, that all these things that are medium bad become terrible because it's just so many. I'm, I'm like 10 minutes into the movie at this point. You got Finn doing the little water walk. Utter stupid terribleness. You got Luke doing that. Then Luke goes and climbs up on the fishing pole and kind of shoots over to the other side. And then does a little fishing thing. And then has this a huge fish. And it's like, oh, it's from a galaxy far, far away. So stuff's going to be kind of crazy or whatnot. What? Why did he have to do all the excess stuff? Oh, Ryan Johnson just wanted to do some shots. He just wanted to waste our time with pointless stuff. And then again to cut tension. We, you wasted our time with that stuff. So now Ray's just following him around and then she hears a voice of the Force. So she starts to go to the Dread Eye Tree. So here's the moment to take back some seriousness. Alright, you gave the kids their parts. You put your little humor in. Now tell us a real story. Make the real Star Wars fans ready. Into the movie. No, he doesn't. He, he, he wants to cut tension. We can't have tension... It's only the middle movie that's supposed to be the darkest. We can't have tension. They're inside of there. She sees the original text, the Journal of the Wills, and other different Jedi texts, manuscripts. And while they're going through this, he's like, where are you from? Why are you here? Questions we won't answer. So we're, we're into it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, let's get into this. Let's find this out. Who is she? I was pretty sure she wasn't anyone's uh, kid. She wasn't a Solo or Skywalker or Kenobi or Palpatine. I was pretty confident of that. But I, I okay, tell me the story, Ryan. Tell me why she matters. She goes, no, I'm from nowhere. 
Okay. We're sticking to how it was before. Luca's no one's from nowhere. This is, this is a serious moment. It's still happening. Ray goes, I'm from Jakku. Here's your chance to tell us something. What happens? Well, I guess you are from nowhere. <laughs> Luke's funny. Stupid. Utter stupid crap. Why? Why? Just it's trying to add humor to add humor. When it's not humorous, it's not funny. Again, intensity back up. She has to go training. And then she's like, I know you're not busy. I've seen your schedule. <laughs> See, we saw it too. He's just drinking milk. All that stuff did catch. I'm sorry, Ryan. You were right. You put that in there for a reason. <sighs> stupid. Absolutely stupid crap. She's asking Luke to train her. She's asking Luke to train her. Yeah, Yoda was a little goofy. And Empire Strikes Back. He was kind of a little bit of humorous, but it never killed tension or like, there was a distinct, like, this guy's joking. It's annoying Luke because Luke's got serious stuff to go forward. There was always this tension kind of kept in there going on. And he very quickly straightened up and got serious. And then he told us some really important stuff about the force. And he trained our hero. What happens when Luke goes to train? I'm jumping forward a little bit here. Luke goes to train Ray. Oh, oh, sit here Indian leg style. And while you sit here Indian leg style, reach out. Ray's going to reach out. Oh, look, she's reaching out. She's so stupid. <laughs> she's reaching out. Look at Luke's face. He's just looking at her dumb. Why is that even there to begin with? Because Ray's already knows how to feel the force. She felt the force when she was battling Kylo. And she's holding a lightsaber like this. And she remembers what Maz Kanata told her. And she closes her eyes. And she reaches out to the Force. And that allows her to defeat Kylo. She knows how to reach out to the Force. That's you, Ryan Johnson, trying to make a stupid joke. And then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna up the stupidness. Because she's going to put... And he's going to rub her hand. And she's like, oh, I'm feeling the Force. <laughs> I'm feeling the Force. Oh, my God. And everyone's just laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. And he slaps her hand. Oh. Wow. Princess Leia. Again, this is just, I was so hopeful for this movie. And I didn't want Leia to die in this movie. Um, I did want to spend some time seeing her. And I, and I knew that they had said in episode 9 they were planning to have the Princess Leia thing uh, going forward. That it was going to be her storyline. So I, I didn't expect she would die. But then I heard that there was twists all throughout the movie. And so when I saw the scene. And Kylo couldn't couldn't shoot her ship. But then the other ties flew down and shot the ship. And then she's pulled out into space. I was like, oh my god. Wow. They did they they really killed her. I bought into it. I thought her story wasn't make sense. But I didn't realize Ryan Johnson wasn't trying to create a story. He was he was, you know, trying to get his uh kind of points down for his Netflix special. Uh, coming up soon on his comedy tour that he's going to start going around on. And so it's pulled out and I'm like, dang, she, did they kill her off? Is this how they did it? Where it's going to be one of those things? Because I had a feeling from all the storylines going up that Ray and Kylo were going to meet in the middle to some extent. So you, you had to start making Kylo endearing to the fans, which he actually did a good job of. 
uh, and then he destroyed it immediately afterwards because that's what he does. Um, but how else to do it but have him in front of him kill his mother and then you show his sadness. So you remember how much he loved his mother instead of how much he killed his father. Um, which would have been a step one. It wouldn't have solved the whole problem. Then she started moving her finger. And I was like, Snoke just hated on Kylo. And talked really you know, negatively down about him. And then he destroyed the mask. Is this where he's going to turn? Is he going to turn this quickly? Or is he like going to rescue Leia? Like I didn't think he was going to turn, but I thought he's going to see his mom out there. And he's going to fly. So when she's doing her hand like this, I was waiting for like somehow Kylo to open it, like his ship to open up and him reach his hand out and pull. And when she started being pulled in the force, I thought it was Kylo pulling her. No. Leia, Leia was able to do something no one else has ever done before. Even if you look in some of the canon stuff from the Clone Wars, which is an extravagance of force abilities... Stuff like this doesn't really happen. She pulled herself through the vacuum of space a very long distance. It's it's the it's you know, twenty minutes into the movie. It's our second like just kind of stupid moment, like this trope of like, oh no, characters died. Oh no, they can't be rescued. <gasps> oh yes they can. Yes they can. And then we just move on past it. Even in the novels, Leia doesn't have that much force ability. Not like that. In the novel, she's being partially trained by Luke. Not with Luke, but Luke's kind of giving her hints. Here's how you feel the force. Here's the things you do. Try to do this to, you know, help understand the force. And she can sense it. And she can feel it. And some of the things, like the Battle of Kashyyyk, it says that she feels... The force bit, which is uh, Life Debt, um, the second Aftermath book. She senses what's going on. She, 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 the, she can feel through the force the battle around her. Like, I get that. that. That's her. I see that. She isn't the person that pulls herself through the show. Even if Luke had done that, I would have been like, really? That's, that's cheesy. That's cheesy. You want to hate on Force Awakens. The new Force abilities were pretty cool. And they weren't that cra they weren't that crazy. You had a, in the original trilogy like Darth Vader and a few other characters had two to menace. Where they could deflect the shots with their hands. Now you have Kylo stopping the bolt in midair. You have the paralyzed thing and then reading the mind. I like that. That was cool. Floating through space with no no reasoning behind it. There's nothing behind it. And someone shouldn't have to read all of the comics and all of the novels to get it. But even doing that, that doesn't make sense. Then you have the moment where Chewie and the Porg, just yet again, it's another just like, why? Why was this in here? Shows Chewie, oh, he's, he's about to eat a pork, ha ha ha. Y'all joked about this. Is this going to happen? Oh, here's the porgs. Oh, sad. Look. Oh, Chewie scares them away. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's repeat it again. Here's another one. This one's even sadder. Why? Why is this in there? Why? Again, 
If this was the one thing I get, oh, here's the nod to the kids. Here's this. You can see that. But there you go, little Timmy. You enjoy the porgs? They're cute. But it's all the other stuff going on throughout the entire movie. This is just a piece of it. This is right before Luke goes and walks onto the Millennium Falcon. Again, a serious moment. Leia just almost died. In between Leia almost dying and Luke getting on the Millennium Falcon for the first time in 30 years. Then, again, that's where you have the moment with Finn and Rose if you dislike that stuff, the kind of cheesiness, I can agree. I didn't like the scene. thought it was stupid. You're repeating the same crap with Finn again. Let's not build our character arcs. No, those character arcs are for fools. They're for people that think story is important. These people don't care about characters. They want to laugh and joke. That's what Star Wars is. We're the holiday special. That's why it's around Christmas, isn't it? Someone did, that's what it is. Someone didn't tell Ryan Johnson he wasn't making another holiday special. But then you have Rose, who's keeping a straight face. And for the most part, even though her storyline is stupid, all the stuff they follow along is stupid. At least she was a semi-serious character most of the time, at least from what I'm remembering. She wasn't like... She was kind of the one leading Finn. Like she was like, "Oh, I'm the exposition for Finn." So she's talking. She's talking about her sister being dead. <clears throat> she starts crying again. She's saying, "My sister died, and you're trying to leave to run away." Serious moment. Serious moment. And then Finn say, "I can't. I can't move. Oh, I can't move. Why am I paralyzed? What you shoot me with? I can't feel my teeth." And then he's like. This is why I'm going. Why? It's again, it's not the moment for this. It's not the moment for this. This is a serious moment. This is the second time you're telling me that this girl's feeling about her sister dying are pointless. It's a joke. All of it's a joke. Don't feel bad. Don't be sad. Don't feel some emotion in this. Other than laughter, that emotion you need to feel. Don't stop laughing. <clears throat> then we go to Maz Kanata. Why? Why? First off, this whole storyline's pointless. Absolutely no need to be in the movie at all. There's no point. There's no point. So then you have Maz. Oh, there's a union dispute. Don't even ask about it. Stuff's going on. Stuff's going on. Oh, boom, boom. Explosions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I know one person that can do it other than me. Oh, he's talented at everything. Little sexual joke. See, we're not just kids. We're making a little joke that most of the kids don't get, but the parents are like, oh, hey, honey, she's talking about sex. Stupid. So then they decide, let's go on. Let's go with this stupid idea and plan. Why? Uh, no reason. Uh, they don't get that character. They just find another character. And then the plan didn't doesn't work, so you just waste our time. But Ryan doesn't care. Ryan doesn't doesn't care about. I thought he was a Star Wars fan. He's clearly not because he mocks the lore and history all the time. Back where I mentioned earlier about Luke training Ray, it's a joke. 
it's a joke. Oh, that's not, what's the force? Oh, I don't know. You control people and, uh, you know, force them to do stuff and move rocks. Oh, those are going to be callbacks. See, I'm a great writer. I made little hints and callbacks. Yeah, you made those all throughout the movie. All throughout the movie. Like in that same scene where Luke goes, wow, everything you just said there was wrong. And then later at the end of the movie when he's fighting Kylo, and Kylo talks about, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to hunt down Rey and kill her too. The resistance is done. The war is over. And Lucas, wow. Everything you just said there was wrong. Was that cheesy and dumb? Yeah, so is the movie. <sighs> then we go to some stuff that I actually liked. I liked most of the Rey and Kylo stuff. So they're having their little talk. You're seeing the force bond. You're trying to understand what's going on here. You're you're trying to understand it, and it's it's this new thing again. It's this new Star Wars thing, I, and I like this force ability. And again, it's setting up something to come later. So they're having their force bond. Everything's going on. She shoots at him again, starting angry. She's she's the audience for us. We want. You know, I don't. I love God. I love the dark side. If you haven't got so far from this, I don't like the childish crap, and I prefer dark side stuff. Um, but I, I get it. I get people don't like Kylo and they want him to pay for what happened with Han Solo. Cool, whatever. I'm for the story. Do whatever's best for the story. So she fires off, and then she's going, and then they're having this talk, and you still don't. You're starting to figure out what's going on, and then you hear Luke come out, and Luke's like, "Hey." What's going on? And Kylo goes, is that Luke? And Luke goes, hey, what's that? And he points past Ray, and you're like, oh my God, he sees Kylo. And, oh, nope, it's the caregivers from the planet, and they're kind of barking at him, and they're angry at Ray for shooting, because when she tried to shoot Kylo, she shot through the thing. And within seconds, they're already trying to put it back together. And then Luke's walking and he's like, who are, Ray's like, who are those people? And he's like, oh, they're the caregivers. She's like, I don't think they like me much. He's like, I wonder why. <laughs> they couldn't put this in movies, but they put them in all the stupid TV shows that aren't really funny, but think they're funny, where they put laugh tracks. They should have put this throughout this movie. That's what Ryan Johnson needs. He needs a sitcom, a stupid sitcom. But again, that's killing tension. It's killing a moment. It's killing good story being built. You're killing it for a joke. Again, as I said, it's all Ryan does. Then constantly throughout it, because Ryan Johnson has this absurd, stupid love for these porgs. If you like porgs, cool. I don't mind them. But Ryan has a has an issue with them. Like it, it seriously. There's too much of them. Throughout all the scenes on Oct Two, they're constantly squealing. You always just hear them squealing in the background. It's like, hey, don't forget my lovely porgs. Just annoys the crap out of me. Again, I mentioned it earlier. She goes in the first lesson of training, and she's like, you know, he's like, what's the force? He's like, it's like controlling people. You lift things up. You know, no serious force stuff. Know some of the stuff of how they talked about it with, you know, the way Yoda talked about it. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. He's crapping on the thing we all love. So then again, I mentioned already, and I'm not going to go back over it again, but, 
you know, she reaches out to the force like, oh, I can feel the force. And he just uh, stupid, absolute stupidness. Yeah. And then she feels this darkness and he's like, oh, no, Ray, fight it. And it's this, it's this build up. It's this suspense that later she goes into and it's like, oh, it's like the cave on Dagobah. She's going to have to deal with something serious. No, nothing at all. There was nothing. There was nothing. It was just a Ryan will have a cool shot. Why? If you're not going to pay it off, pay it off with something. But you're not. It was just a tease. Oh, you want to know her parents too, don't you? I want to tell you. I want to tell you. Watch these cool scenes. Oh, snap, 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 snap. And I get it. It was cool. I was into it. Again, I wanted to love this. I was like, okay, let's get some of this weird stuff in. I'm cool. That was what, I mean, Dagobah was weird. Luke going in there and finding Vader, cutting his head off, and then it's being Luke. Yeah, cutting heads off. Heads rolling on the ground. That's Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Don't tell me it's a kid's crap. Again, it's got kitty stuff, but it's not kid stuff. Then, of course, after you pass that, you go to Canobite. The stupidest storyline of, of it, all of it. And you have... It's just an excess. It's it's the prequel excess thing. Um, if you like the prequels, cool. Again, I think they're just terrible. But they're an excess. They're a director that has too much control over everything. A New Hope could have been a terrible movie. It was a great movie. Oscar nominated movie. In the AFI's listing, I believe it was like 13th most important movie of all time. 13th. We're talking the movie like The Godfather, Citizen Kane. Those types of movies. It's up there. It's like around Raging Bull by Martin Scorsese. Like. <sighs> then you have this excess going on and BB-8's rolling around. Here comes this guy and he's shoving coins in BB-8. And then when he doesn't get anything, he hits BB-8 burps on them and something kind of spits up and he puts some more coins in them. So I'm just exhausted now by the stupidness of this movie. Then they're trying they find the guy. Oh yes we found the guy that Moscanada told us about. And then it turns this stupid like old Hollywood music thing and it's just the cheesiest guy ever and he's like uh -huh, I'm gonna roll two sevens here. <laughs> Boom. Slick back hair, little perfect mustache. Oh, and then they're like, there he is, let's grab him. And then, oh, here comes a stupid guy with a stupid little accent saying, oh, there they are. I can't remember the accent. Sorry, guys. Um, it was stupid like that. Um, that kind of sounded like a Jerry, terrible Jerry Seinfeld accent. Um, so then they're captured and they go off and nothing happens. But it was just, if you rewatch it, pay attention. This is cheesy, weird music, and it just goes super cheesy. Like, what are you doing? Why are you putting that there? So they're trying to get rescued. Uh, I love Benicio Del Toro as an actor. I think he's a really talented actor, Oscar-winning actor. Um, some great movies like The Usual Suspects, Sicario, um, 21 Grams. Um, I didn't like his little... Thing. Uh, but I get it. He was trying to do something. 
And you can't blame him because the director was clearly going for stupid. Um, so I, I'm not even going to hate on that again. These are, I feel like I'm being really nice to the movie. And I'm not hating on it as much as I could. I could nitpick. You couldn't nitpick. But I'm not. So he tries to get away. And then, oh, here's BB-8. He's got everyone tied up. See, BB-8's an ex machina at this point. That is like what happened with R2-D2 in the prequels. In that he's just too overpowered. Like, he just, he's able to rescue and do everything. The, the droids are important. R2-D2 in the original trilogy, great. But when R2-D2's spilling oil all over somebody and burning them and like, it's just dumb. It's dumb. So then BBA starts shooting the coins out. Oh, haha, see? It paid off again, Ryan Johnson. Oh, man, I'm sorry. You were right. That's why you did the little thing of him putting the coins in there so later you could have the scene of BB-8 shooting coins. Because there was no other way for them to escape without cheesy, stupid crap. No. That was stupid. It was dumb. It wasn't funny. Um, unless you're four. Unless you're four. Or you just don't get out much. And you just you want to have fun. Which, I, like, again, one of the people I went with liked it. <laughs> I told him not to watch this video. <laughs> then you have, again, another serious moment. Ray's using the staff. She's fighting. Luke won't, you know, Luke's not really training her. So she's using, it's a shot they established in all the films and all the trailers. And then she grabs the lightsaber and says, oh, here she is. She's finally training with the lightsaber. Yes. And she's, boom, 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 all this stuff. And then, again, which... There's never really much to, because there's no training to it. There's just a, hey, mm, aren't you going to want this? We're not going to give it to you. But we're just going to do some stuff that looks cool. So she, she cuts off the rock. Oh, man. That was a cool scene. It was cool. Another cool moment, Ryan Johnson. Oh, no, wait. The rock falls down, and it hits the caregivers. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Why? Why, Ryan Johnson? So then the Fabiers are running. Uh, this is on Canto Bite. Uh, Finn and them. The, again, there's little stupid comments. That I'm, not, I'm just, I'm letting pass. Like Finn going, stop enjoying this. Stop enjoying this. Why? Like, a girl wants to ride a Fabier. She's helping them escape. And they're running away. She's been a technician her whole life. This is exciting for her. Why are you saying, stop enjoying this? Stop enjoying this. Unless it's just a terrible throwback to The Force Awakens. Because there's a lot of throwbacks to The Force Awakens in this. Uh, so as they're going, there's this short little insect boobed character that's just standing there like screaming opera style. It's just like stupid. Why? Again, this could be an intense moment. This whole thing needs to be bat thrown away because it's all stupid. But this could be an intense moment. They're trying to escape. They're trying to get away. You have some new ship that to me was a little stupid. It was kind of like a little Hunger Games-ish. I, I don't know. It didn't feel Star Wars to me. But you got a new ship. Show off the ship. Show them off chasing them. Show them. get Have some close calls. Oh, but you do have a close call, don't you, Ryan Johnson? You always, you're trying to make us think our characters are going to die. How did you do it? Oh, you had another, you had them running off and then they had to stop because there was a hill and they thrown off and then they rolled to the end oh man they just got saved so scared 
oh no but then the ship pops up there captured again the lights oh man what are we gonna do ryan you're keeping me on the edge of my seat oh it's bb-8 yeah i get some of this stuff is in some of the other star wars i get that and as i've said before one or two three four of these things in the movie would have been fun i didn't get cheesy moments here in every movie i like the force awakens I think the Rattar scene's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, I hate it. Oh, one other thing. They're running away. And as they're running away, he's like, oh, we need some cover overhead. We need protection. And then, oh, lights hit him in the face. Oh, not this kind of coverage. <laughs> oh, it's funny, Ron Johnson. So you have some serious stuff going on after this with... Luke kind of reaching out in the force to Leia and Leia going, Luke. And then you have Ray walking. And it's just, it's just, there's a lot of intensity in these moments. And I'm like, I'm wanting to be in it. And then Ray, go, Ray goes, I don't want to right now. And you say, oh, they're doing a force bond again. It's Kylo. And then it turns to Kylo and Kylo's shirtless. Ray's like, can you please put a shirt on? Look, <laughs> he's shirt on all you Raylo fans. Which I'm not hating on you, Raylo fans. I, I like you. You guys love Star Wars. You search it out. You just go nuts into the theory of looking up everything. I love it. Bravo, people. Bravo. I, I love it. You're a Star Wars fan. You love it. Thank you. But it was stupid. That shouldn't have been. It was like the Attack of the Clone scene with the the bondage scene where. Padme's in the the latex kind of outfit, the and you have Anakin cutting up the pear and like using the force to feed her. Oh, it was stupid. Everyone hated on that. You better hate on this as well. But see, that's the problem is I don't want you to hate on the Kylo Ray stuff because this stuff was interesting. It was cool. It was building characters. It was doing something with the lore of Star Wars. It was increasing a force ability. It was showing what we're capable of. It was building a force bond like uh, Revan and Bastilia Shan. Which I thought this is kind of where that storyline was going. Which it, to some extent it could still do. But right now I just I don't. I think we should just shut it off at 8. Hire somebody else. A good director and screenwriter that won't screw up Star Wars. And start over another trilogy. Um, in a you know, thousand years before. I said, I don't, uh, by the time 9 comes out, I'm sure I'll be overly excited. But at this point, like, I just don't even want to think about or look at Star Wars. This is December 15th. This is the day after The Last Jedi. I've had a countdown since Force Awakens came out. <sighs> this hurts, man. This just hurts so bad. I don't. So then they have their connection. So again, you have a serious moment. Luke leaves. I mean, Ray leaves Luke. She flies away. Luke grabs a little torch type thing, and he's gonna burn down the temple, the the forest tree, and all the manuscripts. He's not going anywhere. It's time for it to end. Yoda appears. Man, everyone cheers. 
Yoda's here. Yes. Here we go. And then the dialogue's terrible. Um, I get again why Luke was trying. I mean, Luke. Mark Hamill was trying to hint the whole time. Talking about he didn't like this. This is, man, the way Ryan Johnson's going. Like, I get it. I hear you, Mark. I hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry they did this to you. I'm sorry they did this to Luke. Um, man. I get it. I hear you. I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have listened. So he's sitting there. He's trying to, you know, burn it down. It's a serious moment. And then can't do it. And it's like, oh, man, here's Luke. Luke's taking this seriously. Uh, Luke's finally seeing that maybe there is a point to the Jedi Order. Maybe because you had a little issues doesn't mean that the Jedi Order needs to be destroyed. Maybe you just need to continue to work on yourself. As you always do. Obi-Wan was a perfect follower of the Jedi Order through the prequels. And he screwed up with Anakin for, for a few reasons. Anakin was beyond his control. But then he went to the desert and he, he struggled, he studied... He learned about himself and he improved until he was ready to be able to take on another learner. So maybe here's that moment with Luke. Maybe there's this moment where now he's going to be willing to go and help out the resistance. But nope, then Yoda burns the thing. Well, it's cool. Again, fine. If that's the way you want to take it, fine. But then there's this stupid giggling laughing in there. <laughs> like I get it. Yoda's a little goofy as a character, but he was never that bad an empire um and again there was this tension created constantly throughout even when yoda's humor but it's just not the case in this it's it's there's it's ryan's issue and again if this was the one thing it's not a problem like it was an empire yoda was the one kind of little like funny character in all this moment of other super seriousness but it's just one after the other after the other after the other and I'm sure during this scene, I don't even remember at the, right now, but I'm sure in this scene that there was Porgs um, shrieking in the background. And then just to add on to it, the stupidness of the story. Because there, there's some good story stuff, like just basic structure. And then there's some terrible story stuff. And this was one of them where Luke was about to burn down the temple. He wants a Jedi Order. He to end he thinks it should end he's about to burn it down himself he's about to burn the books down and then when they get burned down he's now fighting with yoda over burning those were the last jedi texts those were sacred and then when he's talking to r2d2 earlier and r2d2's beep 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 and it's like oh look here's another joke everybody jokes about r2d2's really cursing in those beeps and like you know luke goes hey it's a sacred island watch your language <laughs> and here it is again where it's like why is it sacred? If the Jedi are shrew-ups and you think they should end, why is it sacred? Who cares? Why is Luke standing up for caring about sacred artifacts of the Jedi Temple? It doesn't make sense. And then Yoda's like, read them, have you? I can't do it yet. That was, that was a terrible Yoda. I should cut it out, but I'm not going to cut stuff out of this. I'm just going to rant. But he's, he's like, uh, not page turners they are. I'm not going to do it. I already screwed up doing a really terrible, not even close to Yoda. I wasn't trying to actually do a Yoda, just to clarify. That wasn't me attempting to do a Yoda. But because it was so bad, I'm not going to attempt to do a Yoda. Because it will also be bad. Moving forward. Cut tension with humor. See, I'm learning from Ryan. 
Uh, that was terrible humor, which again, I'm also learning from Ryan. The next thing is the space battles. This is the problem with the movie. One of the other just many endless amounts of problems. There's nothing going on. It's this trick that something's going on. Just like there's so many little ex machina moments where they trick you to make you think a character is going to be hurt. It's just playing with your emotions for emotion's sake without any actual anything happening that's, you know, actually causing something. To ha it's, it's just, it's stuff that when you rewatch it, it's going to mean nothing because you know there's no cost to it. Um, there's, the, every time you watch it, it means something when Obi-Wan Kenobi's struck down because he's gone. Like, yeah, he comes back as a Force Ghost, but there's still actual effects that happen because of that. There's things that matter. You know, when Darth Vader ends up throwing the Emperor over, it matters because that costs his life. He turns, but it costs his life. There's no cost here of any relevance. And so they're just faking it. And with that is the battles. There's no real battles here. They talk about, oh, well, we're going to have space battles in this one because a lot of people complain about there was no real sp in space battles in Force Awakens. Well, there's no battles in this one either. The first one was a battle. It was Poe flying around for a little bit. Same thing we got. It was on Tokadana. Flying around for a little bit. And then after that, the bombers came over, but they just blew themselves up. There was no battle. It was just visuals to show, wow, look at all these big ships exploding. There was no battle. There was another huge ship, the Manador 4. I may be slightly saying that wrong, but it's roughly that. The Dreadnought. Huge ship created for this. Blows up immediately. Never does anything. Never even... He, they, it shot to the ground like maybe twice. That was it. This is that absolute waste of everything. And then, so there's the A-plot, which is... I get, I'll call it the A-plot, is Ray and Luke... And that just broke off. But the B-plot, you can either say it's the Finn storyline, which is pointless and has no reason being there. There's there's nothing to it. There's absolutely nothing to it. It's, it's just, you could take it out of the movie and it wouldn't change it at all. Then there's the either the C or this is the actual B-plot. And because there's more main characters in it, you have Hux chasing along Leia and her ship. All it is is just slightly move up. Oh, oh, look at this man. This is whoo. Are you guys going crazy right now? Because this is the last Jedi. Pew, pew. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Wow. Y'all are on the edge of your seat right now, aren't you? You're, you're going crazy. This is crazy. Oh, one ship ran out of gas. Oh, we're going to blow this up. Watch. Ship's blowing up again. Man. Wow. Stupid, isn't it? It was stupid. I look dumb doing this. I look very dumb. Yeah, that's the movie. Welcome to The Last Jedi. Welcome to Space Battles. We're going to chase one. We're going to just follow it. We're not fast enough to keep up with it. But we're going to just shoot. Let them see that we're coming. Because visuals. And then, oh, let's run out of gas and let one go. And then we get visuals again with, again, no cost. Just a countdown saying, oh, we're getting closer. Something's going to happen. I mean, what? 
how did this pass through everything? How did Ryan Johnson, a talented director and writer, think this was worthwhile for Star Wars? What people were comparing would be the next Empire Strikes Back versus... And then how, how did the story group with Pablo Hidalgo, Leland Chi, how did Kathleen Kennedy, how did all these people read this and be like, man, that's gonna, that's gonna make people just want to keep buying tickets, want to rewatch it like crazy. That's how we get that close to two, $2 billion mark. That's how we get back up there with Force Awakens again and have this insane viewership as people want to go back and watch it, go back and watch it. Man, I really want to go back and watch this. Pew, pew. Man, you know, if that's exciting, I'll do this for two and a half hours. Um, I'll create a PayPal or a Patreon and you guys can all just, you know, pay me, you know, $15, $16 and uh, I'll just, I'll do one of these. Y'all guys want to do that? No, of course you don't because it's stupid. <sighs> so that's, that's the space battles. That's our B plot going on here of this exciting, exhilarating, adventurous movie. And then, oh God, just again with like, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's supposed to be a joke. People laughed. Um, it's, I don't know if it was just a really bad joke or if it was just really bad trying to overdo and show the visuals again, but you have this shot and it's like ship landing and it's just ominous. Like, and it's like, it's an iron that's then ironing the clothes for the first order. What? in the world it's just speechless like what how many times do i like i don't this when the camera cut off i was like an hour and a half in how how long do i have to just come up with absurd metaphors for how absurd this movie is at a certain point it's just like i just want to quit it's why i almost walked out multiple times throughout it uh, just how how do you do this how is this allowed how, how how this is the longest star wars movie ever made you couldn't put more on the cutting room floor you couldn't do that you couldn't say you know what dang this is the longest one uh let's cut the dryer coming down shot next you have ray brought to snoke again it's this you know great moment this emotional thing yeah, Snoke's a little sarcastic, and that's fine. Okay, if you want to create that, that's that character's thing, and he's got a little bit of sarcasm to him, and that's the humor thrown into the movie. Fine, cool, awesome, whatever. I don't mind that. I don't have to, you know, I don't need this dark, you know, brooding thing with no humor. And here's the, the problem again, and, and it's right here in this moment where Snoke is with Ray, and this moment's finally happening. You have these two characters. You have this build-up. Ray thinks she's going to be able to turn Kylo. Snoke's saying there's no way that you can turn Kylo. Snoke's about to read her mind. Snoke's talking about, you know, knowing her and all this stuff. And then it cuts to Finn, DJ, and uh, Kelly Marie Tran, which it Rose. And BB-8 runs into a wall. <laughs> Look, kids. He's running into a wall. It's, it's like... Make jokes be in a non-serious time. Stop cutting from serious stuff to make funny stuff in there. It kills the tension. It kills the drama. It kills the emotion. It kills the moment. That's all this movie is. It's killing the moment. 
Oh, you think a character's dead? Big emotional tug. Oh, no, they're not. Ex Machina saving. Finn falls down in just a second. Oh, no, something saves him. Leia is dead. Nope, she's got some magical force power now that she's never had before. No one's really ever even used that force power before. <clears throat> I mean, it's on and on and on and on. Rose's sister, the thing falls past her. And she flips around and is able to catch it. Oh, man. Why couldn't it just fall and hit her? Like, you have built up the tension this whole time. It's all these faking out stuff. And you just kill the moment. So when the end comes, with the spoiler, spoiler, you know this is spoiled. If you're watching this video, you have the Luke thing. And it's like he gets fired on by like 10,000 things and is never hurt. And then Kylo tries to cut him in half and he's just standing there. There's no reaction. Because you told us this whole time no one can die. No one that matters can die. Oh, you killed Snoke already? Oh, okay. You mean the character that you haven't told us anything about? That you had on screen for like five seconds? Yeah, no. I'm not. That doesn't really prove that you're willing to kill people. It shows you're stupid. Because prior after Force Awakens, the number two searches for Star Wars were about race parentage. Which you've been hinting about the whole time. And I'm fine with how they played that out. I'm not angry about that. Uh, I kind of expected it. But then Snoke as well. Everyone wanted to know who Snoke was. Everyone wanted to know the big bad. And you you phasmaed him. You did the phas you did the exact same thing you did to Phasma. You did with him. Yeah. Hux makes a little comment when the resistance comes up with a good idea. Which Again, this is one of those things story-wise. It's just so stupid and so pointless to draw drama for absolutely no reason. The Amelin Hondo, a Holdo character, which I actually like. And I'm really glad I read the Princess Leia, uh, Princess of Alderaan Leia novel before this because it really goes into her character a lot more and how her and Princess Leia are, you know, how they know each other. And uh, it made her character mean more when she went to sacrifice herself on the radis for everyone else. Um, but it was stupid. It was stupid how they played everything. It was stupid how they did Poe. And it was stupid how they did her. The whole time she has a brilliant plan. I want to fly these ships. I'm going to slowly siphon the gas off. Which was from a comic in the Poe Dameron series. Which again. It was in the Poe series. Poe did this. Poe would understand. Why couldn't you play off that and it kind of be partially Poe's idea? Where she goes, oh, here's this planet. We need to get over here. Poe be like, oh, we did a mission before. See, this is what was great about A New Hope. And part of the reason why the prequels kind of failed along with many other things is the brilliance of a fantasy story is you hint to all these other stories in the past without going into them. And it draws on the imagination of someone that's in a fantasy thing. So when Obi-Wan is talking to Luke and he's telling him about his father was a great fighter pilot and a great friend. And we fought together in the Clone Wars. You're sitting there thinking like, wow, what's this Clone Wars thing? You know, what was this fighter, this fighter pilot? Like, I want to know about these things. And they just, they just pass on. It's just a little, little piece of nugget that someone that's really in is going to catch on to it and go with it. Well, if, you know, we got the comics, so if you read the comics, you know, but if you don't read the comics, 
you don't read the Poe comics, maybe you just read the Star Wars comic. Then you hear this and Poe tells about this mission and he says, yeah, we did something like this before where we had, we were on a tanker ship that was flying at full speed and it couldn't slow down. And if it slowed down at all, of course, this is a ripoff of the idea from the movie Speed, but if it uh, ever slowed down, it was going to explode and blow up. And the only way we'd be able to get out is we had to siphon gas off of that to be able to put in our ships because we didn't have enough gas. And then we flew out and then stole a tanker for uh, fuel from the First Order. We should siphon it off into our transports and then fly down to this place. But no, you got to have drama and you got to make it out like uh, Poe is just this crazy person that's reacting angrily for absolute, you know. it's He's got reasons to act the way he's acting. He just lost, he possibly lost the person he cares about so much in Princess Leia, who's always been there for him this entire time. He feels that he should be the leader, as he should, because as far as we've seen, now, if you've read the novels, you understand why Vice Admiral Haldo is brought to power, but we don't know that. And it's understandable for Poe that he doesn't know that because she's not around through all this stuff. She's been with the Senate. So to him, he's like, I've been running this first order. I've been doing the missions. I'm the leader of Black Squadron. Let me, you know, hey, like, look what I did at the beginning of the movie. I helped take down a Dreadnought. Yeah, he did some stupid stuff with it, but like, this guy's the leader. Despite what they just tell you he isn't. So this is the movie does. It just tells you. No, no, no. You know that guy that's the best fighter pilot in the entire Resistance? In the entire galaxy? That led everybody. It was such a big part. He was she. He was the one that Princess Leia sent to get the map for Luke. She trusted him with that, but we're not going to trust him to lead these other people. You needed Matt. You needed Luke because that was the only way you could be rescued. So you sent him to go do it. You trusted him to do that, but you don't trust him to make other decisions. Why? Oh, because Ryan Johnson decided that was the case for this one. There's no story. There's nothing that causes this to be the case. And you could say, oh, well, maybe it's because he got worked up and he's angry because Princess Leia's hurt. And so now he's just kind of stressed out. Uh, well, no, uh, except for he was already acting that way and Princess Leia slapped him for it. Oh, oh well, you can say like uh, one of the magazine, one of the articles I read before the movie came out that uh, it's a feminist thing that's uh, showing that men don't respect women in power. Oh, OK, uh, that's stupid because who was in power above him beforehand? It was Princess Leia. Like, if you want to, again, do some political crap, whatever, it doesn't fit with this story. It's forced in. If you want to try to make that story point come out, you can't make it come out here because he's always followed a female leader. So he doesn't dislike Amalyn Hondo because she's a female. He dislikes her because she had, she has, she's not telling him anything. She's not telling anyone anything. Why isn't she telling anyone anything? Oh, because they need it for drama. Because all they're doing right now is Hux is flying and they're flying. So you got to create fake drama. You got to create that. It's stupid. All she had to do when he's freaking out and he's making good points where when he finds out that they're flying the transports down there, he says those transports have no protection. We'll be shot down like nobody's business. Well, makes sense to me. Everyone in the room kind of looks like, oh, yeah, that that's right. We're just going to be sitting ducks here. What if they fire at us? We're done. 
And she just, she just says, take them away. Why didn't she say, oh, by the way, okay, there is a planet right over there called Crate. I went there with Princess Leia a long time ago. I remember it. It was an old Republic base. And there's a strong forter, uh, it's strongly fortified and we can fly down there. We can be able to send out a call to get people to come rescue us. And they're not going to pay attention because all they're doing is following the lead ship. They're not able to track these smaller ships. And so we can get down there safely. They'll pass by just following, uh, Princess Leia's ship, the Rattus. And the first order will just go right by us and we'll just sit down here calm and safely. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm on board. Let, let's do that. But she doesn't say anything. She doesn't tell anything. Why? Because then she wants to sell it. Because I even bought into it for a second. I was like, wow, maybe she's a traitor. Because I'm trying to find something where it's like, ooh, this is interesting. We made a good story point. But you didn't. You didn't. I'm glad she was a traitor because I liked her as a character. Um, but you just you just did it for drama's sake. So you, she, he turns around and he captures her. And he calls her out as a traitor. And then Poe's going to go you know, save the fleet. And this other stupid plot uh, storyline that you've got going on with Finn and them, you're like, oh, well, maybe that's going to work out. Hoping that maybe you haven't wasted 40 minutes of your life watching this stupid storyline. And, uh, no, no. Finn, Finn and them fell. Um, Poe's stunned. Princess Leia gets up, agrees with her. And then when Poe wakes up and he's like, what are we doing? And then Princess Leia explains it to him. And Poe immediately goes, oh, wow, that's a great idea. And the excuse that's, oh, 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 that she says, she just didn't want to be seen as a hero. Well, she's seen as an idiot. She's seen as an idiot for not telling people. It's not a heroic thing when the leader that everyone else knows and everyone else has seen be heroic is trying to say what do what's your plan and you say here's my plan that's not trying to like get the glory trying to get the glory was like what Finn did earlier when Rose came up with an idea and Finn then said it was his own when she had the idea to go shut down the tracking beacon and Finn played it off as like you know it was kind of his idea that's faking heroism Finn's whole storyline's faking heroism until the end. And I like Finn, so don't take that the wrong way. Um, just admitting the plan when one of the main people admit the plan. Like when one of the main characters is wanting to know the plan, one of the most important people in the resistance wants to know the plan and everyone else would too, but no one else is willing to say anything to the leader. You tell them that's not trying to seem heroic. If you're like, if she didn't want to seem heroic, why is she, they had to play out this huge ordeal that she's the only one waiting on the ship. You know, everyone's going to be like, that's heroic. And it was, it was great. But why do this? It's just, this is the problem with this movie. It fakes everything. Like I said, there's no substance to it. There's no substance to the Poe thing. Poe's right back where he was before. You can say, oh, wow, Poe had a character arc. He was like, he was this rash person before, but now, now he's not. Okay, if you skip episode eight and you just watched episode seven and then you watch episode nine, are you going to think Poe's a different character? No, because he was never that person in episode seven. He was the brave, solid leader that everyone could believe and trust in. 
that he was going to do the right thing. And that's who's going to be a nun. Ryan Johnson's movie's pointless. There's no substitutes. It's a fake character arc. Just like all these things are fake character arcs. Same with Ray. The same Ray that was in episode 7 is going to be the same Ray that was in episode 9. You built up all the stuff where she starts to see Kylo as more than just this evil monster as she saw him in episode 7. And then you kill it off by the end of it. No, episode 9, she, he's exact, she's exactly the same. Same with Kylo. Kylo killed his father. Kylo tries to kill uh, Finn. He didn't really try to kill Finn. He could have killed him if he wanted to. And he fought. He was kind of, you know, on the nice side of Rey to an extent. And he wanted the Jedi Order to end. It's the same guy here. All the good stuff, good guy stuff you built up a little bit, you just killed it off. Are you going to try to bring it back now? Again? Because then it's just stupid. This, now you have to make the Kylo like the Vader. He doesn't have to be just like Vader. I don't want him to be just like Vader. But he has to be, he can't be the not fully grown up, mature, evil guy. That's still a little rash with his actions and a little emotional. You can't have that anymore. Because you could have that when you had a leader in Snoke that could have been a big baddie. But now, now you can't. See, this is what I mean. This, every, it's not just the stupid humor. It's not just the ex machina faking of every death. It's not just the absolutely boring action scenes that after you see it, you watch it the first time. If you're sitting there and you've seen this one time, you're like, no, are you kidding me? I thought they were great. Listen to what I've been saying. <coughs> <coughs> Nothing happens in any of them. They're all faked. All of them. As we get down to crate, there's not a battle. There's a few ships moving around with red dust flying up that makes it look cool. But there's nothing happening. Ties are shooting down some of them. So you get this dramatic sense that maybe one of our characters will die. But there's no, nothing happening. We're not really firing back and really hurting any of them other than just the Millennium Falcon that then quickly flies away. The Luke versus Kylo. Oh man, we finally got Luke fighting Kylo. Oh no, it it wasn't even a real battle. Again, that could have been a cool story point if all the other stuff wasn't so stupid beforehand. Now that just looks stupid. That was a cool idea. Force illusion, whatever you want to call it. It just it felt dumb by by the time you got to it. It it just it felt dumb. I just And so, there's nothing to any of the characters. You lost Luke. Poe's exactly the same as he was in 7. Ray's exactly the same way he was in 7. Kylo's exactly the way he was in 7. You could say maybe Finn grew. But see, Finn should have grown from 7. What you did was just repeated it in 8. 7, he was scared trying to run away and finally built up to where he found a reason that he needed to be a hero. Something worth fighting for. That happened in 7. What, what happened in 8? Okay, he was scared. He was trying to run away. And then he went to just rescue Ray, his friend, still being selfish. But then kind of came around and thought that there was something worth fighting for. That's 8. Was that 8 or... Was it 7? Was Oh, okay. So he's in the exact same place in 9, too. Bravo, Ryan Johnson. You made a pointless movie. 
you made a pointless move. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me that this got made. And just as kind of like almost a remark to the how the movie is, where it's just these weird ex machina moments, which if you don't know it and like a Deus Ex Machina is, it's it's in a movie where the character has no way to get away and then something kind of just happens and it's kind of like a godlike type thing that like there's no reason this should happen. If you've seen Lord of the Rings uh, where they can't get away and then all of a sudden the eagles land and fly them off. You know, it's one of those kind of things where it's just a plot device to rescue heroes after you put them in a situation that seems like there's no way they could ever be rescued. Like that they're sure death. And then it's like, oh, no, no, they've been rescued. And it's fine. You, you can get one of those away occasionally. Like, yeah, sometimes you got to do that. It's, sometimes it's okay to draw our emotion in and get us attached and then rescue them. Not when you do it like 15 times in one movie, though. Then it's just stupid. Then it's bad, bad storytelling. Really bad storytelling. And that's what this movie is. Really bad storytelling. And so... After Finn and them are captured, and we're about to have another ex machina, just so you know, um, Hux makes a comment and he goes, because they're trying to escape down, and there's no way they can know this, because Holdo had a great plan, is that they're going to fly down there. But no, guess what? Benicio Del Toro's character, DJ, who was cracking the codes, he overheard Finn talking with Poe, that told him the plan, and so now he tells Hux and them when they're captured so that he can get paid off that what their actual plan is. And Hux goes, oh, the wonders never cease. He actually told the truth. So yeah, the wonders never cease that somehow everything just is handed to you. You don't, this stupid storyline that shouldn't have happened now happened, and now... It's just a little plot plot device to, oop, oh, no, no, oh. It needs to all fall into place at the right time. And then, oh, another stupid movie trope. Bad guy talks for too long to set up a, the chance for the good guy to get saved. So what happens, Amelon Hondo, Haldo turns the ship around. And she's going to fly in light speed through the supremacy to be able to, which again, another huge, incredible ship just destroyed immediately. This is a Star Wars problem through all of Star Wars. This isn't just this movie. But she turns the ship around and they're like, we're going to execute you. We want this to be painful. We don't want it to be quick. And so the stormtrooper executioners are holding the blades down to them and they lift it up and it's like, execute them. And then, and they're, they're, they're saved. But she flies the ship through everyone else. All these things are being destroyed. Ships, like, just destroyed completely. Guess who isn't hurt? Any of our main characters. That's who. That's who isn't hurt. None of our main characters. <sighs> I mentioned this earlier. The Snoke and Ray thing again. They're in there. He's getting the information. You're starting to make Snoke look formidable. I'm starting to be like, okay. Here's what's about to happen. Ray and Kylo are going to join together and 
the next movie's going to be everyone having to go at Snoke because this guy's powerful. That, that'll be interesting. Now, uh, Snoke does a little, she tries to pull the lightsaber and he flies around. Instead of just flying it back to him, which would have proved, nah, I'm more powerful than you, little girl. Stop. He oh, bump it on the back of your head. <laughs> Let's don't have tension in this intense moment. And then it continues forward. And she gets, you have the moment that it just wasn't done well. Uh, you killed off a character that everyone wanted to know information about. So it was just pointless. Why would you kill off Snoke? You just cut off Luke. You just cut off Snoke. Why? Those are the people you killed off? And of course, Phasma. But, like, really? You didn't kill off any of the new people. Why Why would you not do that? And you get Phasma, but Phasma hasn't even been in the movie. She, she doesn't even count for a character at this point. I'm sorry. Uh, I really like Gwendolyn Christie, um, who plays Phasma. But... So, in it, he's just, it's so stupid that the how big he's bragging. It's almost like he's trying to make a joke again. Ryan is. And if this had happened on his own, I wouldn't say he was trying to make a joke here. But everything else is a joke. And he's like, you know, oh, I can't be betrayed. I cannot be beaten. I can see his entire mind. I know everything that's going on. Why did you have to overshoot that so much and be so cocky? Unless you're trying to tell us like he's just a poser the whole time. He's never really been that big of a baddie. Which just is annoying. Why would you make that? If you make Kylo be a guy that's super powerful, super strong, but isn't really prepared or ready to be the big bad. He's overly emotional. And he has a lot of flaws inside of him. Which is cool. I'm fine. Like It's an interesting character thing. But he's sitting there. Why did you have to show Kyla? Why did you have to show the lightsaber already turning next to Snoke? You could have done it in a way that could have been a little bit more, a little bit better of a shock, a twist, a moment where he can sit there and he says, I can read, you know, I read your mind. I know that you know exactly what you need to do now. Before you weren't sure, but now you know. And it's true. In his mind, he now wants to kill Snoke. And it's, and it was done, it wasn't done that well because a lot of people I've talked to have thought, well, if he could read his mind, then how come he couldn't tell that Kylo wanted to kill him? But in Kylo's mind, Kylo knows that he can read his mind. And so he's thinking, I need to destroy my enemy. He's not thinking in names of Ray. And this is, maybe, maybe it is stupid and maybe I'm just trying to get this movie more benefit than it deserves, even after my hatred for it. But here's how I see it, to try to make it good because I want to be able to make the parts that aren't absolutely terrible parts that I can watch and not want to slip my wrists while watching them. Um, why couldn't you just have him, you know, he's thinking that, and so you have, you do shots between Snoke talking and Kylo's hand on his lightsaber turning. And the way, because what he's doing is he's thinking about turn the lightsaber and get ready to ignite it and kill your enemy. But what Snoke's not realizing is he's, right now in his mind, Snoke's the enemy. And he's going to turn the lightsaber and strike him. 
why not just sh sh show shots of Snoke talking and then Kylo's hand turning instead of Snoke talking and then the lightsaber moving? We're saying, oh, by the way, this is what's about to happen. Kills all the suspense. The second you show that lightsaber moving, you know Ray's not going to die. There's enough people that hate Kylo that seeing Kylo, you shot it in the first episode, uh, episode seven, Force Awakens, that Kylo killed his father. If Kylo can kill his father, he can kill Ray. He did it to prove to Snoke. You started out the episode, uh, episode eight, showing that Snoke's let down by him, even after this. You can sell me on that. He wants to kill Ray because Snoke said he made Kylo feel that way so that Kylo would reach out to Ray, that it was all fake, that Snoke put it on. And Snoke said at the beginning, if you remember from that, because there's a few little keys that like comments made here that happened later. And I mentioned some of them like, you know, Luke saying to Ray, like, wow, everything you just said there was wrong. And he says it later to Kylo. And then at the very beginning of it, when Hux is walking out, and Snoke says to Kylo, because you always ask me why I keep someone so weak in such strong power, because sometimes they come up with a really brilliant plan. And then he says that basically that that's what he did with Kylo here is he used his weakness to manipulate him. So you've now told us we can believe, even if it's not fully right, we can believe that Snoke manipulated Kylo to talk to Ray. That he never really started to turn from him. He never really believed fully that he was that he was never going to go with Ray unless Ray joined him on the dark side which is what you played out at the end of it so that is the case so we can buy into that he might kill Ray here and so if you show Kylo's hand and you could flash between Snoke to Kylo's hand to Ray's face because see Ray just sees Kylo's hand moving as well so she can be like the audience here and she can be terrified and afraid. She can be because Kyla, I mean, uh, Snoke saying, you think you can turn him to the good? Why aren't we seeing Ray's face here begging him? Why can't, why aren't we seeing that? And then what happens is you then through all that, then shows him hit the lightsaber and the light come out and you have Ray scream. No, and then it goes silent. And then it shows the lightsaber through Snoke. And you realize what actually happened. That's a shocking moment. That's tension being built up well. That's not spoiling what's going to happen before it happens. That's not killing the tension. That's not killing the drama. Which is what he does. Even here where they didn't put in a joke, he kills the drama by showing you what they're going to do. It's like he thinks the audience is too stupid to figure things out. So then Snoke dies. And again, I said I would bring up some good stuff in it. The battle after that, where it's Kylo and Rey fighting, love it. The choreography was good in this. Um, it was interesting. I liked the battles. You had some cool new weapons with the Praetorian guards. Um... You had another little like, oh no, both characters have something at their throat. They're going to die. Um, I'll let that pass. I'm not going to, you know, it was cheap. But it was really cool where she dropped this thing, came down, cut his legs, chopped him, and then threw Kylo the thing. He caught it, turned it on, boom, right through his head. That was cool. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to hate on everything. There, there was, 
I mean, you, you shoot a two and a half hour long movie and you've got endless amount of funds and a freedom to do whatever you want, you're going to come up with some cool stuff. Just like that shot with Emlyn Hondo, uh, Haldo flying through at light speed through all the ships. That was a cool looking shot. Um, there's some cool stuff in here and I'll even bring up some story beats that aren't bad. Then the next one, you have this, you have this build up and they've connected. You, whoops, you have them connected like it works out with Ray and Kylo. Like you've spent an entire movie building them together where they understand each other, which is good. You're telling us that there's no Sith now and there's no Jedi now, that there's this gray, that we need to understand the gray. And you've got us to that. I have a feeling that a lot of people that just despise Kylo start to understand. Understand more, even even if they don't like them, they don't hate them as much as they did before, and they can see and understand why Ray's getting to where he was before. But then he just turns into like Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. He just starts yelling at her, and it's the same thing Anakin said. Like, you know, talking about they must join together and be together. It's just it was weird. It didn't fit. It, he had always talked to her. In a kind of calm, caring way. Like he really sympathized with her. And then that just disappeared in this. Why? why? Why did it disappear? There was no reason for it to disappear. And he immediately reverts back to kind of talking to her. And I have to tell her that her family just left her. And that she was a no, nothing or nobody. It was like, uh, that's that's not the route to go. But... Then again, uh, he's done nothing with hanging out with a really old man, so he's probably not too smooth with the girls. Um, but he turns around and says, but you matter to me. But then they just destroy all of this that they built up again. All Everything they built up in this movie, they just wreck. They just wreck. I thought that there was going to be like, okay, maybe something interesting will come out of this, where it's like, you know, wouldn't it be interesting? You killed Snoke. Okay, so what if... Uh, what if Kylo and Rey do join together and then they go down there onto crate and then you see Leia and Finn and they have to deal with the fact that they just lost Rey and they go and they just start blowing up the entire uh, place and a small contingent is able to get away with Chewie on the Millennium Falcon. And they're flying away and they're talking about they're going to have to go to Luke. And Chewie knows how to get to Luke. And Luke never shows back up because Luke's not going to go fight and help. But he will come back in episode 9 because now he has two people that he's worked with that's turned to the dark side. And it doesn't even have to be raised on the dark side. You don't have to go that she's full dark. But this is a character that's always wanted to have somebody that understood her. Always wanted to be connected. Kylo has played that role out. He understands her. He's connected to her. He's the one that she's talked to more than anyone else. That longing to be accepted and connected with somebody. That could have happened there. And then that's going to be enough to bring Luke out. And now you've got something really interesting happening in episode 9. And all this crap. At least there's some character change. You may not like what I'm saying here. And I'm not saying this is the best and this is what they had to have done. or whatever, But at least it's something different. 
it's something that we've never seen before. We've never seen a, a, a couple together go dark and go against everyone. Yeah, it's kind of following the beats of Anakin, but it's not the same thing because it's not Padme refused to go with them. Well, you just repeated this, just slightly different, where Padme refused to go with Anakin, which is now Kylo, his grandfather. It's like, this is just copying beats exactly the same way. And then you just kill off Luke, and there's no real battle. Why not have a real battle with Luke versus Kylo and Rey? You build them up for three movies where Kylo and Rey are both very strong, formidable people, and then the wisdom, the old wisdom of the Force has to defeat two younger, very strong people, and one of them is turned back at the last moment in episode nine, where one of them is saved. Maybe Ray, if you if that's how you want to do it, where she was never fully dark. She just she saw Luke as a traitor because in her mind Luke did try to kill Kylo because she's on Kylo's side. She believes Kylo more, and she understands where Kylo's coming from. And she's hidden from what the atrocities that the First Order really do when they're leading in power. Because she's with Kylo. And she's accepted by him. It's the first time she's had a real connection with someone else. Because she had a little connection with Finn, but how long was she with Finn? She wasn't with Finn very long. She spent more time with Kylo than she has with Finn. It's just, I'm just, you know, it would have been something different. But there's nothing different. We're in the same place in Episode 9 as we were in Episode 7. <sighs> Oh, man. And so then after Emma Holdo flies through and everyone survives that matters, you, you know, Finn, Finn wasn't hurt. Rose wasn't hurt. Captain Phasma wasn't hurt. Hux wasn't hurt. Kylo wasn't hurt. Ray wasn't hurt. It was, it was, it, it did nothing. It was just a cool shot. Actually, now that I think about it, it did nothing. It, it did nothing because they still go down the crate. And they still fight them down on crate, and none of the main characters are hurt. It's like, yeah, did you destroy some ships? Well, yeah. You also destroyed the last ship the Resistance had. And there's still more First Order than there was Resistance. And I'm sure they still got more money. So you didn't do anything. And yet again, wow, it didn't even hit me. I liked, I wanted to like something so much I didn't even realize there's no substance to what happened there. It was just a cool visual. Man, this movie's terrible. So then, Phasma shows up, and of course, and she's going to go after Finn and Rose, and they're shooting at Phasma, and uh, maybe it was just Rose shooting at Phasma, and then a walker comes up and starts shooting, and again, this might have been okay if it wasn't for everything else, and I just, it reminded me too much of Chopper from Rebels, if you haven't seen Rebels again, you know, if you like Rebels, do you really like Chopper? I mean, and, you know, unless you're watching this and you're like, nine. Um, if you're watching this and you're not Bravo, kid, you're you're a Star Wars fan after my own heart. Um, thank you. Um, but it's just, it's dumb, childish humor. This is a serious moment. This is towards the end of the movie that's supposed to be the dark part of the series. And the top comes off so you can see BB-8 Oh, <laughs> just... It's just, it annoys me. It annoys me so badly. So then you have the Finn and Phasma thing fight. And I'm glad Phasma kicked his butt. Because the comics, the novel, it says Phasma's going to kick his butt. Like, there's no one not a Jedi that should ever be able to beat Phasma. 
It just shouldn't happen. Um, so he shouldn't have been able to beat her, and he didn't. Until she knocks him over the edge, and it's like, oh, man. So Finn's the one that's going to die. I kind of thought when I, you know, I didn't know who was going to die. I didn't know how they were going to kill anybody. I picked Fo, uh, Finn or Poe was one of the two that could die in this movie. And so when that happened, I was like, ah, oh, they, they finally killed someone off. Nope. No, they didn't. Now, that, that would have taken some serious, uh, that would have had to matter or mean something. And no. So Finn falls, and then he's lifted up on something. Uh, like, why is that lifting up right there? There's no reason for it. Other than you get the hero shot. And this is when I gave up on the movie. Again, I tried to care. I tried to believe something important was going to come out of this. But you just had Kylo and Rey and you just ruined that storyline. And everything else has gone on the entire movie. It's, it, you just I realized that the Poe and Ammo and Hondo, Holdo thing was absolutely pointless. So I kept saying Hondo, it's Holdo. But, um, that all of that was absolutely, utterly pointless and has nothing, no meaning behind it at all. And then this happens where he comes up, hits Phasma. Phasma goes down. And then Phasma says, you were always just scum. And then I guess Michael Bay directed this shot. Um, and he goes, rebel scum. And then bombs start blowing up behind him. Fall down. Bombs just start blowing up behind him. It was just like, are you kidding me right now? Is this a joke? I was expecting the movie to cut off and be like, oh, sorry, guys, we had to play this joke on you. The movie starts now. That was that was, that was was Spaceballs Part 2. That's what you've been watching. And then how does Phasma die? Oh, the ship just starts falling apart. <laughs> At least, I mean, you might as well, since you're going for it, you might as well have had her scream like Boba Fett did before he died. So then you could just really let people be really angry about it. And then, of course, they're able to escape and get away, as is always the, always the case. Then it goes to Hux, and he finds Snoke up there. And Snoke's laying on the ground. And it's, it's clearly supposed to be like a funny shot. You're still playing humor up. You can't even tell us that, oh, this is a big deal. You, you can't tell us that. And to add that it's a humorous moment, then his legs fall down. <laughs> oh. See, I did that earlier with Finn. He fell. Up oh, humor. Did you guys laugh there? Was that funny? <clears throat> well, he lost his gun. So what? It's just stupid. Just like that was stupid. No one laughed at that. You might have because it's just at this point you're almost at the point of crying that you're so angry and hurt by how terrible this movie was and you just want to laugh so that you don't die inside. I understand that. That makes sense. But uh, you're not laugh You're not paying to watch a comedy of that kind of humor. Why is this in Star Wars? So then I thought Kylo's going to kill Hux. At least something. Maybe I'm just wanting something to someone to die at this point because it's just I, I'm dying inside. Um, but there's no stakes to the movie, and of course he does it. He just it's the fake choke out, cut away. You know, is he gonna be dead? Oh, well, what happened in Empire Strikes Back? Every two seconds, Vader's choking a character out. Now I would have been frustrated because Hux, you know. It, it, 
Donald Gleason's a really good actor, and I would have liked to seen his character build up. He's got some interesting stuff from the aftermath novels. Um, he could be an interesting character. I, I love Tarkin. Tarkin's one of my favorite people ever. He didn't have as much uh, stuff going on, um, you know, if you just watch the movie. But I loved him as a character, and then the Tarkin novels, one of my favorite novels. Um, and I actually really liked him in Rogue One as well. Um, maybe that was bias. Um, I've only seen the movie like three times, so I'm not sure. But of course, he survives. So then, uh, <laughs> just the typical again with the just insane storylines. They get down to crate. Uh, Rose and Finn get down there, and Beth Poe and them. They're like, "How can we get out?" And they're like, "The only way out is through the way you came in. There's no other exits." Oh no. Of course, later on, oh, there may be a natural exit. Oh, you didn't think that maybe we would have wanted to, like, it's just stupid. It's like, oh, there's no way to get out. We got to deal with them. Oh, until you can't deal with them. And then, oh, there's a way out. Uh, there's no way to get out. They can't do it. They got to go fight them. Uh, but then there was a way out. So, again, it's just stupid storytelling absolutely stupid storytelling oh yeah so then it's like oh let's go to battle let's go to war we got these stupid little ships like and then poe's giving the speech and then it's like oh by the oh puts his foot through the thing oh no oh what in the world oh man it was just three stooges humor Again, we're going into the final battle. Can't we have some seriousness? There's no escaping. You've told us there's no escaping, even though there is. Fake drama, as always. you told us there's no escaping. We see the ships are rickety. Do you have to kick his foot through and his foot fly through the bottom of the thing? No, you don't. We understand. There's these little bitty ships. There's these huge ATM-6s. We got it. We understand they're, they're in trouble. It's just trying to throw in humor when humor is not necessary. And humor that kills the drama of the moment. Okay, and again, as I said, beautiful shots. The crate thing is beautiful. You got the white salt with the red minerals underneath. And it's getting pulled up and every time it fires, there's it's a beautiful shot, but there's nothing happening here. I don't care about beauty if it's not going to have any point to the, sh to the story. There's, not, there's nothing happening. There's nothing. There's characters talking back and forth. You fake that Rose is going to get killed again and then the Millennium Falcon swoops in and stops it. Again, it's, you're, you're just trying to... You're, you're putting the characters in a situation where we're supposed to fear for them. Even though if we've been paying attention throughout the movie, we know they're, none of them are going to die. And you just try to make it look beautiful. Because people aren't going to think clearly and they're going to be like, oh wow, that was beautiful. That was a good battle. No, it wasn't. What happened in it? What happened in it? No, nothing, nothing happened. Yeah, there was... If that battle didn't exist, nothing changes. It was just visuals for visual sake. They're not even... You're not even getting to see Poe kill off people. Like, it's not even like cool action scenes. The Millennium Falcon flies off. I thought it was kind of cool that Ray was in the bottom and was shooting around. And she was like, oh man, I like this part. I'm like, that, that stuff was cool. 
um, it wasn't so much that it was bad, but with everything else, it was like there was nothing. You could have had just a cool battle scene just to have a cool battle scene if everything else was a really cool story leading into it. And it could have just been a cool ending. But it was nothing was there beforehand, and then there nothing was there here now. So why is that? And then you have the stupid thing where, again, it's the dramatic thing. The Millennium Falcon's trying to run away. They got ties chasing them all over the place. And then they swoop down and pour it flies into a window. What? What is this? Why? Why is that here? What is your obsession with porgs, Ryan Johnson? And not that's not enough. Ten seconds later, he makes a couple turns, and then he the Chewbacca's got to knock the port over again. You're killing drama. You're killing emotion. If someone is still into this movie thinking that it's legitimate and someone could get hurt, you're still trying to kill it with stupid humor. Not good humor. Not witty dialogue. This isn't smart storytelling. This isn't good screenwriting. It's stupid gags. Then... Finally, it's like, okay, we're finally going to get some real emotional things. Something's going to matter. Something's going to change that's going to cause an effect the characters going into episode 9. Something real. Something serious. Finn's going to give himself up. You finally completed his story arc, which is just a rehash of what happened in episode 8, as I said before. But Finn's finally said, it matters. I'm going to give my life. So that the First Order can't win. And you have, again, another one from the first to This slow motion kind of like music swelling up. It's really about to happen. I was like, okay, wow. Here they go. Thank you. You're finally going to do something. And he's going. And then here comes Rose. Takes him out. No, another ex machina here. I mean, I... I'm going to have to do a counter on how many it is. It's it's insane. But it's like you 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 just you wanted to play the emotional card. You wanted to fake it out. You wanted us to think that you're going to do something again that matters and then you don't do it. You want to get the emotional strings pulled, but you don't want to have to pay the cost of it. And so nothing nothing happens. No one has to deal. Ray doesn't have to deal with, "Oh, I lost Finn." Because she just gave up. That would have been great. Just thinking about it now. That would have been great. She gave up on Kylo. The only other person that she has a real connection with. Maybe Chewie. But the only other person that she has a real connection with is Finn. You even see at the end of the movie, her and Poe just met. But she doesn't know Poe. She knows Finn. Well, what if Finn had given his life? Now you have something that matters. Could she have been conflicted because she could have stayed with Kylo? Does it make her hate Kylo more? Something could... But there is nothing. There is no change. So Rose does that. And then what's Rose's reason? No, we're not like the the First Order. The First Order, we don't kill our enemies because we hate them. We save people because we love them. Oh, that sounds so amazing. Wow. Oh, what a meaningful moment you have there. Such a great line. What was Finn doing? <laughs> Finn was uh, Finn was sacrificing himself. He was saving everybody else. He was saving all those he loved. He was doing what you were doing. You just repeated it. Why is it okay for you to try to take him out? But it's not okay for him to take himself out. Because you could have died. You could have killed both of y'all in that. Very easily. 
First off, if they're both raggedy old ships, and they're both kind of next to each other. Now I know he's a little bit behind, but how was she able to get far enough ahead that she could swing out and then able to connect? Whatever. I'm not going to play into those little thines because I'm sure you can play into it with a bunch of other Star Wars films. Um, and ironically, I'll say I don't want to overth <laughs> overthink it, but that's just so stupid. Your argument is you saved the ones you love. That's what he was trying to do. That's what he had given himself up to do. Then she goes and kisses him, and then she collapses. And they try to make it out like, no, no, did she just die? Did she just give herself up? Because she gave that speech. We do this to save those that we love. Did she die for her love? Another emotional harp? No, she didn't. No. And I'm pretty sure at that point, even the most, even the fans that were not paying the sharpest attention are sitting there going, nah, she ain't dead. I ain't even going to get worried about that one. Then just little things like he says, I, you know, Luke shows up, which again, I've already mentioned how it's stupid at this point because you've done all these other stupid things before. But then there's little things like, you know, Leia says that, you know, he's fully, you know, Luke's always been the one that said Kylo's dark and you can't save him. He said it to Ray. He said it to Leia beforehand. He said he saw it inside of him. He said Snoke's completely corrupted him. Leia's always been the one that's like, nah, he might be able so then Luke comes in and he goes, I can't bring him, I can't save your son. And she goes, I know, I I understand. I, I used to believe he could be saved, but now I don't believe he can get saved. And then Luke goes, no one's fully ever gone. What? It's the same thing with before, when he's trying to burn up the Jedi stuff. And then it gets burned up and then he's like, those were sacred. You were just going to blow it up. You just said that he's gone, that you can't rescue him. And then Leia goes, I know he's gone. No, no, not everyone's gone. What? Is this some stupid thing that Ryan Johnson just decided at the end? It's like, no, we, we still want to play this little thing that maybe Kylo can still turn. It's so dumb. A lot of people are like, Kylo can never, never turn good after episode seven. I didn't believe that. But now after episode eight, he can never turn good. So then... Uh, when I first saw it, it was a nice little touch to have that Luke was had short hair in the thing. Because I was like, really? He had time to cut his hair? And the little humor there was, he was talking and she, she goes, I know what you're going to say. Yes, I changed my hair. See, that was humor. But I thought it fit. It fit the character. Like, it didn't bother me. Like, uh, you know, that's kind of Leia's humor. And they, you know, they joke a little bit so they don't have to deal with the seriousness of what's going on in their life because they've had a really tough life and it's it's not played as humor it's played as kind of a sad emotional I don't want to have to deal with everything that's happening right now I'm just you know let's just pretend everything's been good kind of moment like it was a sweet good moment I really liked that moment I'm glad that happened that was that was one of those good moments then he goes out and fight, and again, it was a callback when Ray said before was trying to get Luke, and he's like, what do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm going to go out there and fight their entire army by myself? That's what he does. It's like, oh, bravo, Ryan Johnson. You are a good storyteller. Wow. You can connect two lines together. How about you make a full story that's good and not just like little Easter eggs? Like, oh, man, one day someone's going to look at this, and they're going to be like, Wow, look how brilliant Ryan Johnson was. He said this earlier and then it happened, but it was in a completely different way. So then, you know, is this going to be another thing that we do in the Star Wars films now? Because it happened in Rogue One and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a hate thing. Uh, I 
love the moment with the Darth Vader at the end, just showing his power and just wrecking fools. Absolutely beautiful. And that shot with him standing at the edge of the ship that's broken off as the Tandem 4 flies away, like, I mean, wow. But it, they trick you by having a great big battle scene at the very end. So when you leave, you're like, man, that was awesome. It's like the rom-coms where at the end of the rom-com, you have the couple walk off into the sunset kind of thing or ride off into the sunset. And then you have like a hit song, like a happy song play. And it's like, so you walk out and you're like, you got that song kind of in your head. And you're like, man, I had a good time. And you don't think that was a stupid movie. That was a dumb movie. Because you're only thinking about the last thing. Is that what Star Wars is doing now? Because it ends with, let's have a big battle scene. Let's have the lights everything. We're going to stop, pause. And all we're going to have is just Luke and Kylo fighting here in front of everyone. Really dumb. Even if it was all the other stuff. Like, if you just think about it. It was so stupid that you have this. All these walkers sitting here. Kylo's ship up there. You've got the entire Resistance base right here. And everybody's just watching two people in the middle. Man, it was dumb. It was like some WWE stuff. Like, it was just stupid as a whole. Now I think about it. The more I think about it, it wouldn't even have been good to begin. Like, maybe if everything was great, I would have let it pass off. It's like, man, that was a cheesy ending. But it was cool to see Luke and Kylo fight. But is that how it's going to end now? Is that you're going to have these battles that you can be like, wow, that was cool at the end. Which they did do the exact thing I talked about with the rom-com at the end where they play the Force theme to end out and they have the little kid, um, which the little kid is from Ryan Johnson's film before, Looper. Poe made a little comment. I didn't have time to take notes on everything while I watched it the second time, but Poe made a little comment. It was like, oh, wow, Luke's going to go out there and fight Kylo all along in front of everybody. Yeah, we can see that, Ryan Johnson. You don't need to exposition us everything. There was a lot of exposition in this. But in this movie, you don't you didn't have to tell us that Luke's walking out there to fight Kylo. We can see that. We can tell. I'm not dumb. No one's that dumb. But it's throughout the entire movie. I just don't have all the notes on all that. But I wanted to point that one out because by the time I got to that and was writing all the notes, I was like, man, there's a lot of that in here. The final terrible thing about this movie that just... If everything else was perfect, would have just ruined it. I hope no one thought this was cool. Uh, this is indefensible, being in a Star Wars movie. You have the moment where Luke Skywalker is being shot by like 10,000 shots from the ATM-6s. And it's this insane, like over-the-top thing where even Hux is like, you think you got him? kind of thing so it's, it's stupid to begin with along with the rest of the movie so luke walks out luke skywalker in a star wars movie brushes his shoulder i'm embarrassed to do it right now as i'm mimicking what he did he brushed his shoulder off a lot of people complain they're like eh, it's kind of cheesy in rogue one where darth vader made the comment you know, don't choke on oh, i'm sorry that was terrible uh don't choke on your aspirations I should have never attempted to do a Darth Vader voice. Uh, yep, that was stupid. <laughs> but fortunately, no one's going to watch this. All this time put into this video. Um, so it's only embarrassing for me and the six people here. Uh, but, I mean, 
Brushing your shoulder off? Brushing your shoulder off. You have got to be kidding me. Not only is that a reference to like a rap song from like 10 years ago, it was stupid then. Now it's stupid. Now, if you did it in a football game or a basketball game or something like that, but to put it in The Last Jedi at the end, again, in a moment that's supposed to be intense, that if you hadn't have done all the stupid fake killing people, ex machina, they're always rescued somehow kind of crap, Maybe I would have been like, what's happening here? Because even in the moment, I was like, okay, what's he doing? Kind of like the, you know, Starkiller type thing where he's you know, kind of building up a force shield type thing to defend it. You know, I was like, okay, that that's cool. That's interesting. You know, that's something Luke could do. And then he brushed his shoulder off. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to end on that. If you made it through all of this, man, thank you very much. Uh, anybody that watched this. <laughs> all the way to this point um man i just I, bravo hopefully it helped you feel a little bit better having me ranted out um if you have any more things that you disliked or hated about it comment below if you had some things where you're like no that wasn't that bad comment below as well um as much as i hate it this is also the part that makes star wars brilliant is all the star wars fans kind of talking and discussing it all out and man there's a lot to discuss about this one and so you know comment and talk below despite my angry rants i do love star wars very very much um thank you guys for watching um if you one last little plug in since you stayed this long if you like these t uh this hoodie i've got other t-shirts with other designs go to my t public link i'll have it linked down below um, that's as far as I'll keep you. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, never forget you nerf herders. I love you.